This episode is sponsored by Anchor, the platform through which we share this podcast. Anchor. We've been using this service for over a year, and zero is the amount of neck-snapping technological snafus that we've experienced. Plus, Anchor. Don't you want one of those lightly touch the bottom? Not drifting around and crashing on the rocks. Anchor. Let's have some. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Department of Homeland Inspiration, brought to you by the Art Ranger in her corral of dirt with caterpillars. A few months ago, a giant artistic moth with frilly antenna laid eggs on our studio wall, and these are her newborns. Hard to believe, but we're entering year two of this lightly insane podcasting endeavor, and this is episode one of season two. If you're new here, well, how do you do? And if you've visited before, thank you for sticking with this program, this adventure in word, sound, and deed. Homeland Inspiration is about setting out to discover art right where you are. So it's fitting to start this season with another poem by Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Ferlinghetti passed just this February at nearly 102. So R.I.P. Ferl, as some called him, you inspired and uplifted and stirred up so many, many people and made a whole neighborhood, for goodness sakes. The book, starting from San Francisco, literally fell into our lap, open, and began to speak. Though it's from 1957, it suited our moment well, and we very much appreciated the sarcasm. This poem is read with permission from New Directions Publishing Corporation. Special Clearance Sale of Famous Masterpieces It was a crazy scene to hitchhike into, what with it all taking place on one small ball of earth. Like some kind of work in progress by some putty ball sculptor or night maze novelist. Yes, It was a crazy scene to hitchhike into, like lightning on a Rand McNally globe with compass roses looking like real islands, and trees, towers, telephones, bridges, bed springs, rivers, fountains, and crosses sprouting up out of it as it whirls around, disgorging strings of colored lights, rockets, pop bottles, candy, and cigarettes like an enormous IBM automat hung in space and run by solar energy, and all of it held together with light and bones and roots and mud and bubblegum and tar and jass and spit and skin and reinforced concrete and skeins of yarn and clotheslines and hope and clay. And the whole scene turning and turning through the soundless, wigless air like some huge store window carousel, with a special clearance sale of famous masterpieces, including one replica of Rodin's thinker with hand on chin pondering the insoluble problem, next to one bronze head of Albert Einstein, next to a megaphone mask of a muse of tragedy pondering the insoluble problem, next to a fragment of a medieval crucifix with the painted wood head of Christ pondering the insoluble problem, 
next to a biblical painting of Adam sitting under a denuded fig tree with hand on chin and one rib missing and a bitten apple in his hand, for the first time pondering the insoluble problem. Next to a painted bust of Queen Nefertiti with blind eyes pondering the insoluble problem. Next to one Venus de Milo. Next to one Mona Lisa. Next to Whistler's mother. Next to one white unicorn in captivity. Next to a wooden model of the Trojan horse with clay men inside with hands on chin pondering the insoluble problem. Next to a watercolored Jonah inside his whale, next to a rubber working model of Moby Dick, with Ahab on his back, with one leg missing and hand on chin, pondering the insoluble problem. Next to a gift edition of Shakespeare open to an illustration of Hamlet with chinless Yorick in his hand, pondering the insoluble problem. Next to a cardboard Lincoln Memorial with Lincoln inside, pondering the insoluble problem. Next to a painting of Washington crossing the Delaware, standing in the boat against Navy regulations, and attempting to look like he's pondering the insoluble problem. Next to one Potsdam souvenir photo of Churchill, Roosevelt, and Stalin, one of whom is pondering the insoluble problem. Next to a hollow Buddha with holes in head, through which incense smokes above and beyond and behind the insoluble problem. Next to one marked down Picasso piece dove turning and turning on a roasting spit of burning air upon which also turn and burn and burn and burn and burn and burn. All kinds of still segregated screaming human animals with varying numbers of charred skins, skinless breasts, and charcoal cocks in a final insoluble solution to the insoluble problem. What do we enjoy about this poem? First of all, it's the first stanza with that some kind of work in progress by some putty ball sculptor or night maze novelist. Yeah, that's us. That's the art ranger. We can relate. Also, the repetition. Also, just the word insoluble. Instead of the solvable with that sharp V, the word insoluble floats along like kelp in the sea, dancing with tide. Insoluble is insoluble, water-soluble, not a permanent stain. And with so few words, he seems to mash up the entirety of humanity, wrap it in a visual, whirring, messy, lovely glitch. Quote, and all of it held together with light and bones and roots and mud and bubblegum and tar and jass and spit and skin and reinforced concrete and skeins of yarn and clotheslines and hope and clay. That sounds positively delicious As to we us. Civilize and uncivilize and ravel. Special and clearance sale of famous masterpieces from 1957 foreshadows of future peoples. The only fun we see in non-fungible is saying it. If you enjoyed this, we have two previous Ferlinghetti poem renditions that are linked in the podcast description, each of them irreverent and mesmerizing in a different way. 
We'd like to take a moment to thank the voices who joined us on the Department of Homeland Inspiration for Season 1. Nanette Yanutsi, Jean Vengua, John Crane, Therese Garcia, and Doris Bittar. And though the going is slow, we glow with desire to do this podcast. And as always, back to the drawing board. We'll hope to see you soon.